Hi, and welcome to a special Christmas episode of Chart of Fortune, the podcast where I look at the birth chart of the moments and things that made pop culture. I'm your host, Elise Blaylock, and this is my holiday gift to you, dear listener. I know we said we weren't doing gifts this year, but I saw this and I thought of you. I swear. I mean, I feel like I'm going to be honest with you, though. I don't really care about Christmas. Like, it leaves me kind of cold. Not just because it's December and also not because I'm always cold. No, the reason is more psychological. Like many white women in their early 30s living in the suburbs outside of a major American city, I am what they call a basic bitch. But I am part of a small percentage of white women born with a defective Pinterest issue. Now, I enjoy tall boots and coffee, and I regularly wear a top knot, which my husband loathes. But I planned my wedding on Pinterest, and I've saved many a balayage hairstyle and a crockpot recipe. But if you or anyone you know know anything about this fictional defective Pinterest condition I just made up, then you know it might manifest in hating Christmas and bubble skirts and French manicures. I'm a terrible gift giver and getter, and while I look smashing in several shades of red and green, I have no interest in celebrating Christmas or engaging in its cultural touchstones. Like, I consider Die Hard an excellent Christmas movie. I hate driving in the snow. I don't really like decorating things, and I suck at it. And I definitely don't want to sing outside in front of other people's houses. I will drink your eggnog, Christmas lovers, but I will not drink your Kool-Aid. Now, if you love Christmas, then I want you to know that I do not judge you. Well, as much as I humanly can, because, you know, I'm a Gemini sun, Virgo moon, and being real Mercury heavy means I always have an opinion and a thought. But if you would also prefer to celebrate your holidays outside with a chilled glass of wine and mirrored sunglasses, then I want you to know that you are not alone. We didn't choose this life. Instead, being a summer holiday person chose us. I'm here for you, dear listener, and before you know it, we'll be outside drinking or attending weddings or barbecues or literally any social activity we can find because anyone whose birthday fell between Pisces and Capricorn season hasn't had a real birthday, and that means we need to have one hell of a shared birthday party. But let's get to the special Christmas episode topic. It was one of our wise and problematic founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, who told us, But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes and the annual Kardashian Christmas card. In this episode, I'll be looking at the astrology of some of the most infamous Kardashian Christmas cards. We can assume that these were sent in Sagittarius season, which just wrapped. I mean, can you really imagine Chris only getting cards in the mail on December 21st or later? I don't think so. Instead of trying to create a birth chart for each card, I'm going to look at the outer planets and the societal shifts that happen when those planets change signs when we look at specific cards. So my story begins sometime in the early 1990s, maybe fueled through a robust economy, the wealthy suburbs of large cities began to expand. McMansions with manicured lawns and light blue swimming pools and good school districts became a prestige destination. Streets littered with identical homes and close to similarly manufactured shopping malls and restaurants offered the inhabitants of these spaces a chance to live out a long-treasured love of the materialistic and showy 1980s during which they had become young adults. Now, was it the young and exuberant Clinton administration at fault? Was it a lifelong attraction to wealth, prestige, and social climbing? We may never know. And honestly, guessing is a lot more fun. And it is in this backdrop that historians believe that the first Kardashian Christmas card was printed. While those familiar with this cultural custom are quick to point out that 
every photo from this era was usually date stamped with a yellow digital font on the lower left hand corner. But we believe the first card likely featured children with heavy dark green or black velvet dresses and potentially lace collars. Also, a date, which I recently mentioned, would not have been featured on the photo itself, but it was not uncommon for family members' ages and names to be listed, as well as the date of the year. Uh, The practice of dating photos using yellow font would become resurrected this year in the Kira Kira Huji Instagram filter. Cultural anthropologists believe that while a single photo was the common format for these Christmas cards of yore, Still, other families included an informational letter or written statements on these cards to list out social activities, vacations, school years of the children pictured, or other information deemed to be historically relevant to the sender. While the practice is continued to this day, it's not widely known if this information is read by the recipients or is simply met with a long eye roll and loud sigh at the self-involvement required to draft these text passages. While the date of the first card is unknown, scholars of the family myself included, believe that more and more relics will be found or made available in the coming years, as the family likely grows more desperate to hang on to their relevancy. We've seen similar actions taken by royal families of other distinguished nations. In fact, a recent Instagram story from Khloe Kardashian offered previously unprecedented access into the family's practices. On December 17, 2020, she shared a photo of a family Christmas card featuring her father and siblings Courtney, Kim, and Rob, all dressed in black suits, or poofy off-the-shoulder dresses. This card was also featured in my Instagram stories if you want to check it out. The card is interesting because it was identified as having been sent in the early 1990s, but it's worthy of note in this podcast because Chloe's name was misspelled as K-Hole on the Christmas card. Now, the accent on the E was correct in the French spelling. I find it interesting that this admission of Chloe's coincided with Saturn's movement out of the sign of Capricorn, where it had been since December 2017, and into the sign of Aquarius, Well, it will remain most of the time until 2022. This is a societal shift that started last week, and it's something that you probably are already feeling, especially if you've been feeling off or feeling uncertain. Saturn in Capricorn is a particularly rigid placement that holds the structures and traditions of previous generations in high regard, while Aquarius holds a different, though equally pragmatic, view of structure. The fixed air sign of Aquarius fully acknowledges the importance and need for social structure and practices and rules, but only to the extent that it benefits the whole of society. Chloe offering a behind-the-scenes access to her early life, something her similar fixed sign Scorpio mother would not uh, allow for it, as she's monitored and exploited heavily, uh, is decided more Aquarian in spirit, the actions that Chloe took. And speaking of Chris, it is pure speculation on my part that Chris's absence in the aforementioned card, again on my Instagram stories, is a result of the crumbling Kardashian Calabasas Camelot, all spelled with K's, obviously, as Robert and Chris were divorced by 1991. The strongest at argument for her absence being the result of the divorce could simply be Chloe's admission that the card was from the early 1990s when the divorce took place. But I believe the more important clue is that while Chris can't say it enough, again here, Scorpio Sun, a sign for knowing being very secretive. We all know that the only thing that Chris has ever shied away from in her life was never photos or publicity, but instead good taste. Now, with a fairy tale coming to a close, Chris entered into a whirlwind romance with Caitlyn Jenner, and the two were married on April 21st, 1991, after five months of dating. 
It was an outdoor family wedding with a bride wearing a strapless ivory gown and chunky floral collar. The Kardashian-Jenner girls wore white dresses with poofy sleeves and floral crowns. The former fashion item, the dress, feeling very cottagecore, and the latter feeling very home at Brides Magazine in 2015. And I know that because I owned every Brides Magazine in 2015. Now, the Jenner-Kardashian marriage was like many Renaissance marriages as it allowed for two upwardly mobile kingdoms to join forces and then exert more political and social influence in their cultural spheres. And in keeping with traditions likely inspired by the Renaissance, these families of note, like the Medicis of Florence, Italy, the family would have commissioned art to show the new family and included cultural touchstones that, so that viewers of this art would understand their prestige, wealth, and influence. In the 1400s, this might have been achieved in an oil painting of the family members wearing expensive robes and surrounded by lavish settings. In this modern interpretation, the Kardashian Jenners, subsequently referred to the Car Jenners for the remainder of this podcast, opted to issue a family Christmas card with a teenage mutant Ninja Turtle Raphael Santa figure. Other cards would go on to feature a Harley David motorcycle and a plethora of regrettable boxy leather jackets to accompany it. We also see two other cards from the 1990s that featured Santa Claus himself. These eclectic symbols all powerfully mirrored the wealth culture of the 1990s. We have money and we also have fun, they seem to say. The cards were made an item sent to close family members and friends through the mid-2000s. This explains why researchers such as myself have a hard time compiling a full list of cards. The last card that was a private item was from 2006, and it featured the family in jeans at the beach. In 2006, Saturn was in the final degrees of Leo and was retrograde at the beginning of December of that year. Retrogrades are moments where planets appear to be moving backward, but are actually just moving back through the degrees of a sign. And retrogrades are times where we can be called upon to reflect past choices or themes or issues in the hopes that we might better understand and resolve them. Saturn in Leo is a particularly aesthetic-driven placement, and a retrograde period would suggest that themes around personal appearance and image are at play. This is so apparent in the Christmas card because the early 2000s were about layering and bold colors and wild outfits. The wannabe Calvin Klein denim and white shirts at the beach minimalism is screaming 1990s in this card. Admittedly, this aesthetic that would later become more closely associated with other Southern California dynasties, specifically the breakout star of Laguna Beach, Lauren Conrad. I'm confident that Lauren took a peek at this card with her penciled in boy brow and thought to herself, hmm, white shirts and light wash denim, did they ever really leave us or are they just do for a comeback? It's so classic, so chic, she thought, and from nowhere her mind spoke in the voice of Hilary Duff, singing, let's go back, back to the beginning, back to when the earth, the sun, the stars all aligned, cause layering dresses and jeans didn't feel so perfect, and trying to rock a Von Dutch hat and wedge flip flops was no life. Oh, Lauren, sweet Lauren, you must know by now that Jennifer Aniston has your California minimalism down to a science. She's been in the pocket of medium wash bootcut denim since 1998. But alas, back to the Kardashians. For contrast to the 2007 card, which is the year that the show premiered, is a full 180 from the casual California cool vibes of the previous year. This card, a black and white photo, was titled... Life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but the moments that take your breath away. 
Dear Mother of God, it features the Kardashian-Jenner crew, Car Jenner, in what I can only imagine is the entire holiday collection from BB. And for good measure, everyone is blowing a kiss with the patented duck lips and flat open palm pose that haunted every group photo in the early days of Facebook. From an astrological perspective, 2007 is a very interesting time for the card to have changed so drastically in its aesthetic. Earlier in 2007, Saturn moved from Leo to Virgo. We don't have a birth chart, so I can't say exactly how this Saturn changing signs directly impacts the birth chart. Basically, I don't know the birth chart's Saturn placement, and I don't know what house uh, is ruled by Virgo in the birth chart, so I don't know what themes this Saturn sign change would be at play. In this case, it means that Saturn isn't highlighting those themes associated with the sign of Leo. It's now going on to impact more Virgo themes. Often, Saturn slows us down or makes us feel stuck while it's in a certain sign. Saturn in Leo might have impacted how we are perceived by others or present ourselves to others. It might be that we feel judged or limited about our appearance or how public our life is. But the movement of Saturn into Virgo clearly resulted in the Kardashian clan, again with K's, feeling like it was time to be more public figures by getting their own show on the E! Network. Now, if legend and some cursory internet research are to be believed, the first Christmas card that was made publicly available was in 2008. The 2008 Christmas card, again spelled with all K's, is, as the youths would say, a glow-up. Long gone are these stray Jenner children. Gone are the black BB dresses to be replaced with the most upscale version of Jessica McClintock's prom collection. Hell, Jessica McClintock's annual sales probably quadrupled this year because I don't remember another designer who loved a slightly mermaid satin gown with a straight-across strapless neckline. So few of us will become legends in our own lifetimes, but the memories I have associated with the fake satin and pickups means that I will never forget Jessica McClintock and her groundbreaking work to clothe the suburban preteens and teens of America. Now, I'm shading Chloe's dress particularly hard, but you know how it is. We always hurt the ones we love. I also want to highlight the decision to include a white ladder in the Christmas card photo, upon which Kylie is smugly perched. In true Leo Sun fashion, she is giving the camera a knowing and playful look. Just think, in 12 years, I'll be a self-described, self-made billionaire, she seems to say. And what Calabasas family on the make placing a child in a precarious position for fashion? That's right, literally no other photo prop offers both visual interest and questionable parenting choices. It's also right around this time, January of 2008, that we see Pluto change from Sagittarius to Capricorn. Now, it will stay in the sign of Capricorn until 2023, and that was a fundamental shift in culture. Pluto in Sagittarius has ideas about transforming our ideals and philosophies. You know, like all of the A-list celebs that embraced Kabbalah. But Pluto in Capricorn is about upheaval and transformation structure, transform, transforming structures and existing paradigms. Whatever organizations or roles were considered established or necessary are being reconsidered, destroyed, and rebuilt through the power of Pluto. And I think that the years between 2008 and now have been just that for the Kardashian clan. All of the children in the Kardashian-Jenner uh, family have been born in these years, with the oldest, Mason, being born in December 2009. These years also see a few marriages and divorces, with Kim and Chris Humphreys marrying and divorcing, Chloe and Lamar marrying and divorcing. We also see Courtney ending things with Scott and Kim and Kanye getting married. It's during these years that Chris and Caitlin also separate and then divorce, 
the transformation of relationships and family are all a part of this Pluto placement. Becoming a parent or a spouse or ending a relationship is about creating and destroying the roles we find ourselves in as individuals. Now, I'm going to jump from 2008 to 2013 to discuss what I can only describe as a mix of Reno, the biggest little city in America, and Blade Runner 2040. This is the Kardashian 2013 Christmas card. Now, I fully understand that a podcast is not a visual medium. If you are a true Kardashian head, then you know exactly what holiday card I'm referencing. And if you're not, then please don't worry. It is a quick Google search. It will take less time than Kim and Chris's marriage. Okay, you need to just Google 2013 Kardashian holiday card. Got it? You will know it is the right image because it looks like it was sent USPS priority straight from the bowels of hell. Like, what is this? Is it a nuanced take on how the show effectively models late-stage capitalism that we find ourselves in? Is it a critique on the visual trappings of wealth being a less-than-clear indicator of someone's actual wealth and social standing? Did Courtney decide to somehow mix in peyote to everyone's prepackaged salads in a daredevil last-minute decision that only an airy son could devise? And this decision of hers was the result— If my last theory is true, I want to extend a deep empathy to Courtney. It could not have been easy growing up with a name that is typically spelled with a C, not a K, especially in the age of Starbucks. And if you are tempted to write Courtney off, can you at least admit that something has to have gone terribly wrong in your life for you to not only date Scott Disick, but deem that he is the person you would like to have multiple children share their genetic material with? Is Scott the guy you want to be a couple of Red Bull vodkas deep and dancing with to whatever LMFAO song is blasting in a nightclub? Definitely. But knowing your children will inherit his weird jawline is really tough to imagine. To the card. The artistic enthusiast among us will simply sigh. They will take off their vintage eyeglasses, delicately rub their temples, and say breathlessly, the Kardashians hired David LaChapelle to photograph this. And it is maybe the astro enthusiasts among us who will pause the podcast and confirm that David LaChapelle is indeed a Pisces sun, Libra moon, and damn it, if that does not suggest oversaturated colorful imagery with a slightly macabre undertone, then I do not know what you want me to say. The man has Jupiter and Aquarius. He is called to this aesthetic. Okay, you can put your vintage eyeglasses back on now. The card was officially entitled a Kardashian Carnival. And yes, Carnival is spelled with a K. Looking at the creative misspelling of that word offends both the aesthetic sensibilities of my Libra rising, my commitment to grammar that is my Virgo moon. The card is notably without the Kardashian booze, Kanye, Lamar, and Scott. Caitlyn Jenner is frozen in a cryogenic tube. And this is where astrology becomes useful again. In 2013, Saturn has moved out of the sign of Libra and is about halfway through its trip through the sign of Scorpio. This movement from Libra to Scorpio is about the focus on relationships being replaced with a focus on the internal and maybe even the metaphysical. Scorpio is ruled by planet, or is ruled by the planet Pluto and Mars, and its Saturn typical slowdown is meeting themes around deep emotions or even shame. Scorpio is known for keeping things close to the proverbial chest. Saturn and Scorpio can make it hard to show emotions or manage them so that when they come to the surface, they can be extremely volatile. All of the relationship choices that were made in Saturn and Libra, or some of the earlier Saturn signs we've talked about, have now existed long enough that when we get to the patented Pluto transformation rebirth, 
Saturn is in a dark, sensual taboo and embracing those Scorpio themes. Basically, consider that in late 2013, Chloe is filing for a divorce from Lamar, and there are numerous stories regarding his ongoing addictions and problematic behavior. Kim is pregnant with her first child and engaged to Kanye in October of this year, and this all happens at the backdrop of the fact that her divorce from Chris Humphreys was finalized only months before. Chris and Caitlin have officially separated in October of 2013, but the reasons for that split would not be revealed until the very end of Saturn moving through Scorpio, when Caitlin announces that she is a transgender woman. Skipping ahead again, six years to 2019, or as I referred to it, a year without a Kardashian card. And just like the claymation movie, A Year Without a Santa Claus, this is a highly underrated cultural reference and involves an overuse of blush. No, really, go look back at that old Rankin-Bass movie and tell me that those puppeteers were not tipsy on eggnog and pioneered the makeup trends of a 1980s Harper Bazaar photo spread. I mean, there are at least two Brooke Shields covers that seem to directly reference this rouge technique. At the end of 2019, Uranus and Taurus, having left the sign of Aries in March that year, Taurus is an earth sign and values tradition. But as we know, Uranus is the great disruptor of the zodiac, and this placement is about challenging the traditions that we have held dear. In this case, the long and story tradition of having a Christmas card. Kim, in what I feel is the most Libra sun move ever, decided that the world still needed a Christmas card. Again, I'm spelling this all with K's with just her family, if not the whole family. She doesn't get blood facials to just not have her face plaster all over enews and people.com, you know? Saturn is in Capricorn, and it has about a year left in that sign. And in late November of 2019, Venus also enters the minimalist loving sign of Capricorn. Many an astrology meme has been made over the fact that Capricorns would be the sign most likely to own a very simple or all-black wardrobe. But I think Capricorns are more versatile than originally described, so I believe they'd also be open to a heather gray capsule wardrobe, provided that it was functional. I will give Kim this. The gray sweatpants styled shoot is peak 2020 fashion. Schlim, Kim was schlepping in some overpriced champion inspired sweats months before we were all scrolling target.com and wondering if tie-dye sweats were in fact elevating the elastic waistband ensemble or simply the unfortunate results of months spent inside with only our immediate families and Netflix. The 2019 West family Christmas card gone is the formality. The pretense, the assumption that anyone has washed their hair or did not sleep in the clothes they have been photographed in. Also notably absent is any sign that Kanye would relocate full-time to Wyoming, or the recent news that the West kept their elves not on a shelf, but in clear jars, which feels a little bit like a science experiment and also a little bit like end of days Howard Hughes. I want to wrap this episode up by saying... No matter if you're a mother of four with a husband who tried to run for president or you photoshopped your face into oblivion, Chloe, girl, why? Please remember that everyone and everything has a birth chart, but yours is a chart of fortune. Thank you for listening to Chart of Fortune. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, they can be sent to my email or my Instagram, which are linked in the show notes. I will be back next week with a New Year's Eve themed episode you will not want to miss. It has all the prestige and chaotic Gemini energy of whatever New Year's program Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper aren't hosting. And I cannot end this Christmas season without my Capricorn queen, birthday girl as of this recording, and Christmas angel atop my podcast Christmas tree, Aliana Lohan. For the final Ali Lohan Christmas song, I give you a jam that perfectly encapsulates the air date of this episode. 
titled, It's Almost Christmas Day. Allie, it's been real. It's been fun. But it hasn't been real fun. Give the good people of Chart of Fortune a little festive fade out. 